0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about how the Prophecy Dungeon grind is perfect. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can support this podcast directly at SNTRPresents.com. That'll bring you right to the Patreon. SNTRpresents.com that can make you even be able to uh, be involved uh, in the live chat and submitting questions or even co-hosting. So use that Patreon to support me directly and even be involved in these. So th- why am I saying that the you no know, the prophecy dungeon grind is perfect? I, there's been a lot of uh, discussion recently about raids and even more so I think kind of brought to the forefront the idea of running raids more than once a week is the Moments of Triumph. This idea that you can keep keep going back and keep running them over and over is something we've asked for for a very, very long time. And that was one of the reasons I actually felt like Moments of Triumph felt felt kind of short. It's like, okay, this is cool that you did this. It's great that you're giving people the opportunity to run it more you know, than once. But they didn't really put anything worth chasing in these raids. Obviously, if you don't have the Taraba or the Anarchy, that's great. But then it really started to bring back the discussion about why the Prophecy Dungeon got it so right. So I'm going to explain to you how the Prophecy Dungeon grind works. You might not even be aware of it. Maybe you haven't taken advantage of it. Maybe you haven't even run it. Then I'm going to explain why this is perfect. I actually have four reasons why... The Prophecy Dungeon grind is the perfect grind. And then I'm going to end by saying, put this in raids. And I'm going to talk about why we want to see this in raids. I'm actually going to try and give you a history of why raids are limited. uh, Why they're limited to only being, uh, you know, once a week, basically, for drops. So how does it work? So basically, each week, your loot pool gets bigger in the Prophecy Dungeon. For a while, we kind of thought that it set the loot for the week and then you couldn't get anything else. But as you continue to play the Prophecy Dungeon, your loot pool gets larger. So by the, you know, you get to your fourth week, you're getting, you know, probably everything. And the reason this was so good is because the first week, if you grinded it like crazy, you couldn't get everything. You only got what dropped that week. So it was almost like trickling out the loot each week. It also seems to be a bit of a punch-out system uh, that you couldn't, week two, your first run, you couldn't get anything from week one. It's like all new stuff. They're basically like milestones. They're powerful drops, and uh, it's a pinnacle from the boss. And so your first drops are basically new and it makes your loot pool get larger it's similar to how the trials of osiris system works where you know you're coming back each week getting more and more loot, and then when you turn the tokens in, that loot pool from, you know, Saint-14 gets larger. This is working in a very, very similar way. And then, running it as much as you want was the real ticket. I mean, we were basically doing it with checkpoints, I know some people might be worried about that with with the end of the video with raids. Like, oh, couldn't you just save a checkpoint and grind one, you know, part of the raid over and over again? Well, some of the things I'm about to say as far as, like, reasons why this is perfect should mitigate that that to a certain degree because of the type of loot that we should be getting in the raids. So I want to talk about why is this perfect? And I have four reasons why this is a perfect loot system for end game content because we are about to enter into a new era in Destiny because of a handful of things. First, I mean, the the first reason this is perfect is because it's what we've been asking for. We've been asking for the ability to rerun end game content like dungeons and raids you know, for a couple of years now. This is something that the community has wanted, especially if you're the type of player that likes to run endgame content, you quickly run out of things to do if you're like, well, that was my chance to get Anarchy or, well, that was my chance to get 1K Voices, I guess there's nothing left for me to do. The more you run in that circle at the top of the game, the less likely you're going to want to go run like Public Events, Strikes, or Nightfalls. You kind of set your sights on the big prize and then that's kind of all you want to do. So at a ground level, this is exciting that they're considering doing something like this in the end game because we've been asking for it for such a long time and you really understand why this is important if you're one of those players that lives in the end game. A lot of players don't live in the end game, so they might not see the importance of this, but uh, I think it's actually you know huge that they're they're moving more toward us. The second reason this is really, really important and a perfect grind system is because of sunsetting. Sunsetting is a potential threat to end game grind if it's too difficult to get the things that you want, especially in a raid. Uh, you don't want or or a dungeon, but you don't want to have, as I just described, those people who live in the end game. You know, going for these great pieces of loot. Sunsetting is supposed to introduce, and then they they just can't get it. It's too limited. Uh, I consistently use the mind as an example of it was limited. You had to wait for the nightfall. The grind wasn't all that great, and then you know RNG is working against you. So with sunsetting on the way. This is a perfect looting system to pair with Sunsetting, because you can't really say, oh, I just couldn't get the drop that I wanted. If you're committed and you're really going, you should be able to get the drops that you want. I didn't feel that the dungeon, you know, when I was going for the Eikolosh shotgun roll that I wanted, I was also getting, like, good stat rolls on armor. I never once felt like, oh, man, this is just taking too long. This is awful. It felt like a really, really good rhythm. And somebody might say, well, you're not running the whole dungeon. You're just running a checkpoint. I don't really see any harm in that. It's not cannibalistic. It's not like AFKing a Forge. Uh, or or just running, you know, nightmare hunts as fast as you possibly can. It's satisfying to fight bosses in these environments. You have to kind of finesse them. The better you are at it, the quicker it goes. So it kind of brings back that feeling of if you ran menagerie faster than other people, you were getting loot at a quicker turnover rate, and that's something that I really started to enjoy in the dungeon. We really mastered the boss fight. We were getting, you know, in little competitions about you know who could get the most dps and that was really enjoyable and the whole time i'm doing it i'm getting loot that i'm combing over it's exciting every time to check the roll on the shotgun to check the stats on the armor uh, the third reason this is a perfect grind is because loot hierarchy is coming Uh, Loot hierarchy is coming. We should be getting better loot in raids and dungeons uh, after September, and that's going to make it to where uh, the first point that I made about how we kind of live in the end game, and if that's the only real... If the big prize is the only one that really matters to you, it kind of overshadows the rest of the loot in the game, that's about to become an even more significant... um, You know, an even more significant reality in September because... If you set your sights on endgame loot because it's better, it's going to be really frustrating to say, oh, that was your chance for the week. Well, now what am I going to go do, okay? This loot system, this loot grind system in the dungeon is perfect in 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 a system where there's a loot hierarchy. If there is truly adept or pinnacle or standout gear in raids and dungeons beyond September... I am going to want to chase it and probably not want to chase really anything else. I'm not going to want to settle for a world drop. You know, I'm going to want to go for the primo stuff. They've already got this set up in Trials and ready to go, right? If they add Adept, you know, if they add Adept, you know, to the pool of trials. You're running trials all week, you know, all week uh, long. You know, you can just... I'm sorry, all weekend long. So they're already setting up structures to say, if you really want to go for the best stuff, we're going to create lanes for you to do that. And that's a great way, I think, to honor the loot hierarchy that should be coming. Fourth, uh, the fourth reason, people play more when they can grind like this. We've saw this happen with the Menagerie. When you're getting the rewards that you want and when you're talking you know, when you're talking uh, about putting in the time and and, and grinding it out. You can see this with the Menagerie. You can see this other places. People always want to say this. They're like, well, people are going to get what they want and they're going to stop playing. That is, you know, historically not true in Destiny. Whenever there's a really, really rewarding path, when we were getting double exotic drops in, you know, the the war uh, the the, the the quest uh, I'm sorry the nightfall with the what is the name of the nightfall it just uh, warden of nothing I wanted to say war mind of nothing I'm like that's not right warden of nothing when it was giving double exotics everybody went in there right everybody was just grinding it out like crazy whenever people find a really really lucrative uh, grind in the game they tend to throw themselves at it. it it's not the enemy of engagement so lastly put this in raids weekly limits on raids has a history in this game that I don't think a lot of people remember Uh, vaults of glass was the only way to get max level that's why people talk about being forever 29 you needed every single piece of armor from that raid to hit max level and a way for Bungie to elongate that grind was to limit you to one drop a week okay now the reason uh, the reason that they did that was because the same reason they do it now they wanted to stretch out the leveling so limiting a raid to only one drop per week per character is historically only about power and Bungie already limits that they do it in the dungeon as well your first drop's powerful, helps you level after that they're not powerful that's why this system is perfect it respects and it honors the weekly limitation on power grind which personally I think leveling should be more streamlined and faster anyway but that's a separate discussion. But they can honor the original idea and spirit of why you would limit drops per week because they already do this with power. all right? Also, you want you would not be able to get all the raid gear in one week because this system, as I've said, is perfect. It limits you to only what you've gotten so far. So you cannot get everything in the first week. It would probably take most faithful raiders about a month, I would think, to get everything exactly how they want it for one, maybe two characters because it just if if you're constantly grinding on your hunter to get both the guns and the armor, you're ignoring your other two characters. So this again, I think is why the system would be so good. You just would not be able to get everything uh, in the first week. The above reasons that I gave about how there's going to be a loot hierarchy and sun settings on the way and these people tend to live in the endgame, this is all even more uh, applicable and true in raids than just like dungeons and even something like a Grandmaster Nightfall. So I really hope they take the Prophecy Dungeon grind and put it into more places because I think it's needed and I think raids are in dire need of of an empowerment for ritual uh for the for the end game players give us the ability to treat it very ritualistically if you like this podcast and want to support it directly again go to sntrpresents.com you can subscribe to the patreon get in the discord be a part of these discussions live as well as submit questions and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents. This is going to be the Q and a session that followed my video about the prophecy dungeon grind is perfect. If you want to support this podcast directly and even be involved with it, go to SNTRPresents.com and you can become a patron, get in the discord, submit questions. You could even co-host with me. We've got somebody co-hosting today. It's our first episode where we're going to, we're going to try this out. So you can go to SNTR presents.com to support me, be involved in the Q and a, the sessions, the discord, the chats, Uh, while we're in this sort of interim period trying to figure out where we're going to stream. So Avenger is joining me today. Say hi to the folks at home, Avenger.
1: Uh, How you doing?
0: There you go. All right. So we've got about 21 questions. We've been keeping it uh, around that amount, and uh, it's been lasting for about an hour. So the first question comes from Brandon. The direction Bungie took with the ability to farm loot in the dungeon is a great step. How could they improve raids in the same manner while still keeping coveted raid exotic weapons or emotes? I, I kind of talked about this yesterday, and I said that I really felt you can put these in two different categories. And I think you can actually have the cosmetic items, like an emote or a sparrow, or I use the nano phoenix as an example. You can actually have the drop rate really, really low. And I think you're in a better position to do that if you're in this loot grind system. Because if I'm grinding the raid a bunch, and I'm trying to get, you know, a certain gun or a certain, you know, piece of armor or whatever, and and then there's this, like, low drop rate really coveted item like a ship or a sparrow or a ghost, you're totally in your right to have that thing be super low drop rate. It can't be sunset. It's not part of any kind of loot hierarchy. It's just like the Nano Phoenix and Wrath. So, um, what do you think, Avenger? Are, are, there, are there other ways they could improve on raid loot grinding while also you know as as brandon saying keeping things that are coveted and having like a low drop rate on them
1: well i think you know having them already tied to say your pinnacles for the week uh when you're doing garden of salvation or you know when last wish was the current content every single drop was going to be a pinnacle drop whether it be an armor piece weapon um whatever for the first time that you're going to be doing the raid that week so um maybe have the exotic weapon be tied to that first week or the first clear that week and then you won't be able to get that for returning drops but um your drops afterwards could drop the emotes could drop the ornaments or whatever is going to be dropped during that time so i feel like that could be a good supplement for it where the exotic could still have that 10 15 20 percent chance as it kind of goes up every time you clear each week but at the same time you still have the cosmetic items that could be dropped during that time
0: okay so you you like the idea of keeping exotics rare but you want the drop protection in there you you get you get a weekly chance and then there's drop protection is that what you're saying
1: yeah i mean when you're looking at stuff like the 1k or the anarchy like terrible we're not gonna really talk about because not a lot of people are too excited to get that but uh especially with the anarchy and the um 1k when you get that to drop you get a feeling of, wow, I just got this exotic. And, you know, some people get lucky and get it their first time. But if you're going and consistently grinding for it, um, you you kind of just like, okay, well, I'm on my hundredth run. I haven't got it yet. You know, let's just keep grinding it. And you're just like, yeah, I finally got it. But getting that luck first time drop, I feel like the experience of that would be very different compared to just getting it to drop uh, after grinding it. How many times you're going to do that that week?
0: Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I actually think i agree with you because exotics you can't grind for a different role right so like getting consistent drops of a gun or an armor piece it makes sense to keep going back for more of those because you're trying to get a particular role particular stat lean and an exotic is just an exotic but we do need to avoid what has happened for a lot of people i mean the anarchy i think i will hit my 48th run uh, the others you know even higher than that so if the, if the drop rate protection becomes a standard for exotics, I would be totally fine with that. Now, in the realm of cosmetics, you know, glows or armor ornaments, sparrow ships, things like that, you know, are, I, I'm of the opinion you could just have them be really low drop rate, they can drop any time. Do you think that should be a weekly thing or should that be like a, you know, as I've said, low, low drop rate, but can drop any time?
1: I think the low, low drop rate would be fine. Um, or also when uh, I believe it was the Sparrow for Last Wish where it can only drop from Morgoth. Um, have it so maybe it's a little higher, but it can only drop from that encounter. I mean, obviously still lower than um, what it is right now, but because you're going to be able to grind that or maybe have a higher percentage for your first time clearing it through. And then on repeat runs, you would have a lower percentage going to it.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be... It would. It, I I did. I like that about the Nano Phoenix. It was cool to be, you'd see it, and you'd obviously get mad at your buddy when he got one, or you know. I don't know. I think you could get multiples. That was always the worst when you know, somebody who already has it uh, continues continues to get it. But I like that. I like having a Sasquatch in the raid. You know, this this rare sighting item, and as long as it's not a weapon uh you know because as i said in the video with loot hierarchy on the way along with sunsetting you know these weapons and I- items are going to be coveted in the raids they're they're for many of us they're going to be uh, overshadowing the rest of the loot in a season understandably because it's a raid and the threat of sunsetting i think means we need to have you know better access to it and you know, having these rare these rare cosmetic items or emotes and things like that i think are totally fine and then I like how we're splicing it and seeing a difference between a raid exotic with drop protection and, you know, super, super rare cosmetic items. I think that's a I think that's a good distinction to make because I do think there are different types of rewards in raids. This is another reason why I think a raid NPC would be super helpful in the game to give them the freedom, flexibility, and depth to To do more with what we're what we're ultimately grinding for, um, I don't think I, I think Bungie really really needs to move away from this fear that we're we're gonna stop playing if they have like too generous of an end game. It's like that's where we live. That's where all the dope stuff is. I don't I don't want to go run in a seasonal piece of content for basic gear if the best gear is hanging out in the raid. So, you have any other thoughts on that before I move on to the next question?
1: No, let's move on. I think we talked about that enough.
0: Alright, Jay Negrin with the next question. Should dungeons have a lower introductory tier with matchmaking to introduce players to it a la Menagerie and Sundial? In my experience, I'm going to I would say no to this because the menagerie was very straightforward with respect to mechanics and it was rough if you got in there with people who had no idea what they were doing. And I think the dungeon especially. I mean, dungeons are basically mini raids if we're honest, is with respect to, you know, the difficulty, how strong everything is and the mechanics. I mean, I I can't see going into any of the dungeons with matchmaking. I feel like it would be a disaster. And I used to be of the opinion, we'll let people figure it out, let people take a crack at it, and then maybe they'll meet the right person or find the right person. Um, I just think there's too many players in the community who already have good solutions for you know finding players to play with, whether they have a clan, a, a, a really huge friends list, or they're comfortable using LFG or they use the Bungie Fire Team Finder. You know, th- there's all those things that I don't know. It, it, Feel free to disagree with me here, Avenger. Do you think there's room for matchmaking on a lower tier or introductory tier of a, of a dungeon?
1: The mechanics would have to be simplistic. They would have to be very clear for matchmaking to work. I mean, we've, I've heard you talk about guided games before in the similar sense where you need communication, you need to know what's going on, and you need to understand what's going on with not only yourself, but with other uh, teammates in that situation. So... I feel like having matchmaking in there would just make it so the matchmaking would just die out because it would just be a bunch of people who wouldn't know what to do there. Um, Because again, like you said, there's gonna be people in the LFGs, there's people in the clans, people already know friends, stuff like that. No one wants to go into the matchmaking where there might not be communication, there might not, there might issues might arise. You know, someone might leave, and then you have to wait for another one to come in. There's there's so many variables in matchmaking. And I feel like that wouldn't end well, especially with something that, like you said, is a mini raid.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I I started to like the question because I was like, oh, a low a low introductory tier. Because I do want a normal and a hard mode to return. That's one of the things I do think is missing. That Grandmasters is try- Grandmaster Nightfalls is you know trying to bring back difficulty spectrum, but I think both dungeons and raid need you know hard mode, normal mode but I don't think that you would also then introduce, you know, a match-made element here, you know? I feel like the game could be made simpler if it used hints in the left hand that prompted player to do things like destroy knights while in shadows or collect dark motes. See, I read that and I just feel like that is, you are diluting what makes a dungeon so good, right? I mean, with youtube videos and guides i mean if somebody's really just lost and can't figure out you know what to do in there i don't know i would be concerned that and i've used i've used similar argumentation and I've, I've said similar things about you know trials you can really dilute the specialness or the identity of the of the the activity with matchmaking or with making something easier you see i've always i've always put these two things into their own category There's accessibility, and then there's casualification. I am always on pro, you know, pro-team accessibility. Make entry-level content. Have good accessible inroads so people can enjoy Destiny and go do the looties and the shooties. But I don't want something to be casualified. There are things at the upper levels of Destiny that you simply can't make these sorts of changes to because they would stop being... In essence, they would stop being end game content. It would start to just feel like everything's being almost. Somebody in chat said that, uh, you know, a match made dungeon's a strike. Yeah, you're, you're strikeifying everything. You're turning everything into a low hanging piece of fruit. And I would worry that then the game would feel almost so homogenized that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have those, oh man, that was so tough. Or, oh, that was such a cool mechanic. That was really, you know, that was really challenging. I, I don't know. It, to me, there's always, I think, a danger in, in looking at the structure of this game and trying to drag the hardcore elements down to the casual level or the casual stuff up to the hardcore. And I'm, you guys know, I fight back against people that are like, we should be leveling guns. You should have to like level up the gun to use the perks. And I'm like, you're dragging hardcore endgame behavior down into the lower, you know, the low tier behavior of the player pool. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't work, you know? Do you, have any, do you have any comments, Avenger, about everything we were doing You know, in chat? And, and people are commenting in chat right now as well.
1: Yeah, I was looking at that. Um, I feel like I, everything you said was on point, um, especially because I'm a very hardcore player. I play a lot of the endgame raids consistently, Sherpa, stuff like that. And I feel like everything you said there is 100%. Making things um, casualified will end up bringing just the the amount of players who will be playing the game down. Um, and I feel like that isn't the right way to move on things but I do think the accessibility of it needs to be there
0: yeah yeah and and as I said in the video loot hierarchy is on the way right so they're there listen you, we just we have to accept the fact that there's going to be content and loot that is special and out of reach for some people that that's kind of part of it. Remember yesterday when I said I was like, it's weird how if something's really rare, it's suddenly more special, like the Nano Phoenix, but then people get angry that it's rare. It's like, well, that's one of the reasons that it's special. If you literally got a Nano Phoenix for completing Wrath of the Machine, we wouldn't even be talking about that ship. We would have forgotten its name by now. Do you, do you remember the name of the ghosts or the ships from any of those content pieces that you got automatically? No, we don't remember I don't remember the names of any of that stuff cuz was a, it was a it was a door prize everybody got one you know for beating it and so in a similar vein of something being rare giving it a sense of value i think taking something and putting it on you know the top shelf where somebody short like me can't reach it, right? If for, for a mental picture there, like, I can't reach, you know, the the special cereal up there. I mean, it, there, you, you kind of have to have content and loot like that. And I, 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 I've I tried to warn people that's coming. The, when I got, I got a lot of heat. I got a lot of heat when the clan ingrams in Vanilla Destiny 2 were giving people raid gear without running a raid. And I got told I was anti-community. I got told that, you know, I was an elitist and it was just like that just struck at the heart of the problem you 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 should not and cannot get everything just for just for showing up and th- i think september and beyond you are going to see more and more people tuning in to the fact of like oh my gosh there's better loot and stuff that i can't get access to but also i think you're going to see people get upset at the fact that they can't do it and i i, I we're, we're going to have to try to like I think stay the tide and be like, no, this is how the game should have always, you know, it should have always been this way. So, uh, next question from the, our co-host today, MG Avenger says, with a lot of these changes being implemented to help grind for high stat armor, grindable dungeons and raids, umbral Ingrams. Do you think this could help mitigate some of the backlash centered around armor sunsetting? I, you know, maybe I think a lot of the backlash around armor sunsetting, though, is also because of the currency required to level it all up. You know, I, I think that's another that's another lingering question that's kind of hanging in the air. You know, what if I if I spend all this time getting myself all decked out, and now I got to do it again? Am I going to be in a position to? Number one, am I going to want to? And number two, am I going to be able to, or is it going to create like another tedious grind of, uh, of currency? So, you know, helping us grind for the high stat armor literally every season, I think will help mitigate some of it because you'll be like, well, you know, I need a pair of gloves or boots or whatever. Let me, let me focus on that. Let me go after that to get the high stat roll, but it might feel a bit hamster wheel or treadmill, you know, esque, if we're doing it too often. I mean, it's... The new system's gonna be a a year-a-year system, so I I can't see you're gonna be in these awful situations where if you're wearing a fully masterworked pair of armor, you know, set of armor for a whole year, I would imagine during that entire year, you're amassing currencies needed when it comes time to replace it. It's not, I don't think it's gonna suddenly trip you up. Uh, That's a long time to basically never change your armor. Um, I'm actually curious what they're gonna do. What impetus will there be in the spring, right? I get my armor set in September. You know, you know September and October. I spend all that time grinding for a great armor set. What, what in the world am I going to do in the spring? How are you going to get me to chase armor? Um, so, you want to elaborate uh, on this at all, Avengers? Since this, this was your question.
1: Yeah, it just I've seen two kind of big um, issues with um, the situation with sunsetting armor. It's either you know the material grind is so tedious, and how it's hard for. People to get behind it if you have to farm either one or two content loops just to get the materials to masterwork it. And then I've also seen the complaint where, you know, I've spent uh, all this time getting perfect, you know, 100, 100, um, 80 stats on my character and, you know, grinding all this gear and doing it over and over again just to get the perfect stat rolls. Um, And I see that issue as well. So I think if they are, with this change coming up, I would think that that would help um you know take away the whole well i have to do all these different things and hope that i get high stat roll gear from here and here if you like the raid you can go into the raid and grind that if you like the dungeon you can go into the raid and grind that and get high stat roll gear um i think there needs to be um talks about the generosity of the master working materials uh i think that's an issue that is also with armor sunsetting that they need to talk about but um a lot of issues really haven't been talked about coming up with the spring expansion other than just, you know, we're doing this and this and this. And, you know, okay. they haven't really talked about much about it.
0: Yeah. When Greg and Chad is saying uh, they make people change armor every season due to seasonal mods and also just because people want to have the new armor. Well, in the in the new in year four, whatever armor you get in September can use all of the mods for the next year, so anything they introduce in spring and summer, you'll be good to go. Um, let's take the season pass. Maybe I'm alone, but every season I replace the last season's armor with the current season pass. Even after master working, it kind of makes it just seem like eh, right? It. This is where it's it's a it's a strange situation to be in, right? Because we like the new armor, we want to chase the new armor, but it's like a self inflicted form of of. Uh, I don't want to say torture, but it's like a self-inflicted task. It's like you're making yourself go and jump through these hoops if you want to look A certain way this is why i'm actually more interested in how they introduce transmog so let's say i get into the spring season and the seasonal armor set is just hot and i'm like oh my gosh i want that but i don't want to go through the trouble of grinding for the stats and leveling it up can i get the armor from that season pass and then do some sort of in-game effort turn it into an ornament and now and now i'm good to go i i do think transmog is in this equation, and we don't actually know what it is yet. They haven't really gone into detail about that, because it it is part of the grind, right? You want to look a certain way, you want to change the way you look, and especially when there's new things. Like, I don't want to look the way that I look right now for forever, and I, I actually really like the way my Titan looks. Um, I've changed it a little bit uh, recently, because I've gone to, you know, Actium War Rig, and then Armamentarium, I switch between these two for like machine gun and sword builds. But when I, you know, I'm typically rocking this look right here, and I I think he he looks fantastic. But I don't want to look like this for forever. I you know, I obviously want to change it up, and so I'm hoping that with uh, you know with with transmog, there's a sensible sort of it should still feel like a grind and a pursuit. I don't want to play destiny dress up. I don't want to murder I don't want to murder half of the loot grind. Yeah, the weapon grind that's great, but the armor grind there needs to be some sense of a of a of a of a, of a grind for for armor. What what are your thoughts on that Avenger? I mean, I I don't I don't want to get rid of the the armor grind, but I also don't want to every season feel like I got to jump through 18 hoops just to look cool.
1: Yeah, I feel like the transmog system is kind of the missing part of that equation where it, it hasn't been talked about. And I feel like that if they want to, they need to start talking more openly about the systems. I mean, I again, I remember you saying once that if they're not 100% ready, like if they're not 100% sure on these uh, issues, that they shouldn't just release it because it's subject to change. They want to make sure that when they talk about it, it's 100% set in stone. And then they can get feedback about it from the player base and then adjust it as is. But we're almost under three months away from the expansion coming out, and we're having a lot of lingering issues with sunsetting and how armor is going to be implemented. And, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday in chat about the uh, destination materials, on how, you know, they haven't talked about how the destination materials are going to be affected. And I feel like the armor grind is also another thing where, you know, they're adding the yearly mod slot, they're adding the transmogrification. And I feel like there should be some talk about it um, just to make it clear for what we're going to be doing. Because, again, the more and more we go on without knowing information, the more and more people are going to be questioning what's going on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, we got a quote in chat here from uh, JJ. Uh, this is from May 7th. Twab will be adding transmogrification feature to Destiny to allow players to turn their armor into universal ornaments. This... Uh, we plan to allow players to do this with in-game effort or silver. It's in early development and is expected sometime during year four. So this might not even land as a solution for you, um, you know, in September. That sounds like that's going to be a late. That'll be spring or summer. I don't even, I don't think we're going to get that in 2020. I bet you that lands, you know, uh, maybe that lands with Vogue or something. I, that that sounds 2021. That language doesn't give me any confidence that's landing in 2020. They're going to be more focused on, you know, Beyond Light and Stasis and Europa. And and if they did make engine level changes, like they've got bigger things they need to focus on. Uh, and it sounds like Transmog will be a late ad. So unfortunately a lot of our questions right now centering around armor grind we're we're going to be it sounds like sort of in the old system of if the winter season armor is dope you're gonna have to spend a ton of time getting the right you know stat rolls and everything um it's not even a a draft dmg said on reddit they don't even know if it will be based on collections or pieces in your inventory oh my gosh yeah so it's they're <laughs> it's basically like a commitment <laughs> they're giving us a promise ring okay i don't know if you guys ever <laughs> remember promise rings they, they, they're, <laughs> they're uh they're there it's a commitment then we don't even know yeah i mean transmog right now they are uh they're committed to doing it but we have zero clue how this is going to land so I, I i agree with avenger these are conversations that are going to need to happen, but. the they tend to not talk about much until they really have the, the the full skinny on it. So it doesn't doesn't sound like we're going to be getting uh, probably any uh, any updates on it uh, anytime soon because the uh, the the nature the nature of transmog is going to be it's going to have far-reaching implications. It really is. You're you're going to have you know people that want to pull armor from year one and year two, and you're going to have people upset if it's not done right or you know and they have to make sure that it it, it doesn't completely bust up the game at a database level because right now when you go in to do like ornaments and stuff the game can get really glitchy and really buggy because the ui is being stretched um so <laughs> yeah i love that people in chat are try are are trying to get a definition of promise rings it was yeah it was basically like uh it was basically people committing to not, you know, sleeping around in, in high school and you would wear the promise ring. It would it, it, it's just I was being stupid. Uh, Smokey with the next question. Do you think it was a good idea to make the prophecy dungeon available to all players or should it have been put behind a paywall to make a season pass more appealing? Um yeah, this touches on a bigger subject. And uh I man, I'm I am so thrilled to see so many people here today. This is the most we've had yet. Uh, listening uh, through through Discord, all you people that have done the Patreon, thank you so much. We're uh, we're hoping we get an answer soon about where we're going to be streaming. Um, and uh, I submitted the appeal today, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and then hopefully we can get back to being in a true live environment. So thanks for, for being here. Um, th- I've 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 touched on this uh, uh, recently when uh, Iron Banner came up, and I said that y- you're always stuck in this position where if something is free. Can you, you know, can you really put a lot of eggs in that basket? And in this case, with the dungeon, I think what they could have done is, you know, you want to make it free for everybody, fine, but if I'm a paying customer, there should be a separate loot pool that I can get, you know? Um, you could do the same thing with Iron Banner. Have the generic stuff, have the reissued stuff free for everybody, but if you're a paying customer, you should be getting better stuff from... um. You should be getting better stuff from uh, 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 if you're a paying customer. Um, or, or I hope that person's not. Are you trolling right now? Is that person trolling in chat? Um, uh, please, please don't troll during Q and I'm, 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 I'm trying to check it right now. Uh, I'm trying to check. Uh, It's probably a fake. It's probably a fake. There's probably a fake account. Yeah, it's the one with HD. It's more than likely the one with HD at the end of the name. Um, Yeah, it's still gone. I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, there's one with like an HD... um, at the end of it, and that's a fake one. It's not the real me. I mean, if you click on it, mine would have like 160-something thousand followers. Um, There's a fake one with my logo, and it says says it's got an HD at the end of it. So, sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, there's a handful of fake accounts. I was like, oh my gosh, we need to check this right now. Um, So i i think you could you could really start to lean in this direction right you could start to say hey let's uh let's let's get let's get these 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 paying tiers more established um you know yeah 86 followers yeah that's uh that's a uh that's that's the fake one but i i think you could have other other tiers here so like and, and think of it like this, just look at the look at the season pass, right? Uh, look at the season pass right here, okay? There's a paid and then there's a free track. I, but I think the game can just start to look this way, whether it's a, a dungeon that's free for all or Iron Banner that's free for all. Number one, I think that's just a good marketing strategy from Bungie. If you're running a dungeon or you're playing Iron Banner and you're not getting all of the dopeness, Like, they're basically like, yeah, it's free to come in. Come on in. Cool. And then you see people getting to do better stuff over there or getting access to better stuff over there. Well, you're, you're obviously, you're obviously going to be more inclined to pay, you know? Because... If I'm if I'm playing Iron Banner and I'm just getting a bunch of reissues and a bunch of basic stuff, or I'm doing a dungeon and I'm getting a bunch of reissues and basic stuff, and I'm seeing other people getting better loot, and I'm seeing the loot and I'm seeing the loot you know out in uh, out in circulation, well, uh, obviously you're you're going to be more inclined to pay. You're not going to want to miss out on that. Um, I think that's a I think that's a pretty big deal. I think that's a that's a and i've mentioned this before you go to the season page right now on bungie.net and you see all the bullet points of things that are free and all the bullet points of things that are paid and the the lists are like not that different from each other um so it's like what what am i getting here the value transmission seems really really weak so what do you think about this uh this question avenger
1: well the way i look at the um the dungeon is i like considered almost like a prologue to the um or just basically something to kind of initiate us into the new to, into beyond light um it's talking about you know light and dark and how they're not so different and how it's affecting stuff in the story so i can understand why they decided to put it out for free um i think your point where you know having a different loot pool if you bought the season pass like for example having the Dido armor that they um threw from the ever restore into the uh, dungeon for the final boss you could have it so that you could only get that armor set if you have the season pass um something along those lines because a lot of people are really excited about that armor set a lot of people are looking at the armor set and saying wow i really want that and that gave them drive to go to the dungeon um so i feel like having something along the lines of having it free because especially a story beat wise that is very you know intricate into introducing us into the new beyond light i believe um so i feel like having that something it doesn't have to be a lot of things but just something that's very like a cosmetic or an armor set or i I don't know about a weapon um especially if the weapon's too strong because if a weapon gets too strong um then people claim it's pay the win but eh, that's just a whole different discussion um but i feel like that having something there that people look at like wow if I bought the season pass and I already do the dungeon that I already know how to do, I could go do that. So, and I could go get that armor set. So I feel like that would be a way to introduce, Hey, you can do the dungeon, but at the same time, if you want to buy the season pass, here's this fancy, cool looking armor set, or here's this cool ghost shell or sparrow that you can get the drop.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I more and more, I like the idea of getting people in the game and in the content, but the paying custom you know, the paying customers get the, as you can see, like the visual of the season pass, when you look at it, you get all the extra goodies on the, you know, on the, on the paid track and having the same thing in, you know, Iron Banner in a dungeon, all of that I think is, is good. Um, and then I think Bungie is in a better position to not have to constantly be like, well, can you get in to this content or not it's like well no yeah you can get into the content who cares go run it it's but the loot but the grind but the actual uh you know meat is something that you have to pay for and i think that would be i think that'd be better value transmission to the customer like what am i actually getting it would be so clear and so obvious right now it's not all that clear right now it feels like the bulk of what i'm paying for is this season pass and I think that that is, that's, uh, I think that's kind of weak, you know, uh, you know, I think that's, I think it's a weak value transmission that, uh, that, that needs to be, I think, bolstered and strengthened. Nagi with the next question. The Prophecy Dungeon has a triumph for the Dido Ghost and one for the Dido Sparrow, requiring a flawless run and a solo run. Do you prefer acquiring dungeon raid cosmetics like this, or rather through random drops like the Scourge Sparrow? I'm I'm split on this, cause I I, I would say both. I don't think we need to have an either-or here. Um you know if it's if it's an either or, then you're I think that's just too rigid because if it's always nope you got to do a solo or a flawless run and then that's the only way to do it that seems really rigid but at the same time I'm like that's a dope reward that's a dope thing to give people um, but I also like the idea of the nano phoenix that just that 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 sasquatch of the raid you know that sasquatch of the raid is uh is 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 the is the the thing that everybody's like hoping to get and since it's not like a sunsetting uh situation you don't have to worry about it uh, going away or, or disappearing or something um but I also think it's it, it would be cool to do and this is where raid challenges I think could be better raid challenges could be more about um hey y- you know uh do this thing as a team and then everybody gets this cool cosmetic thing right that that would be like oh man and I they did that kind of in uh, in D1 you got um, emblems for the uh, the challenges in the raids I remember getting them from the Kingsfall raid there would be an emblem from every challenge so I do think there's room for that too Um, so if I can do a co-hosting on the weekend I mean if you're willing to spend for the tier to co-host i'll i'll do it when it's convenient for you i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna be rigid with it i think we can we can continue to iterate um on the idea here of of getting you know more shows and stuff so avenger what do you think about this the idea of should these be only acquired through you know flawless solo or or maybe also random drops like which is
1: better which do you prefer I think, you know, having both is a good way. Like you were saying, like having either or is very like rigid and strict, but having, you know, especially like when we had Shadowkeep drop and we had the uh, Pit of Heresy, when you saw someone with that solo flawless Pit of Heresy emblem, you were like, dang, that's a good player. You knew that he went through that, he struggled through it, and he got it done. Um, You know, I feel like those, there should be, content and, and cosmetics and stuff like that where you can look at a player and be like dang you know that looks really dope uh there are some really cool things that uh you can get from doing that i'm not sure if i can do it but i know that he's a good player and i feel like that right there um is something that needs to be implemented in but at the same time like you said having the nano phoenix and seeing that being like wow I need to go do wrath to go get that you know having those things that also drop from there i feel like are also needed but i but the way that garden of salvation did it which i did not like was that they had the triumphs give you shaders and not only were they shaders but they were not very good shaders um and i feel like that you know, if you're going to implement these things, you need to make sure they look cool and not just cool to maybe the one person who's developing them, but cool to everyone who's doing it. Um, you know, maybe the shaders could have been from, um, you know, scrapping the armor and they could have done a different thing there. Uh, but at the same time, I think the random drops are also very needed.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said too. Like you see somebody that did something and you know, like, Oh wow. That, you know, that's a top tier player. I've always thought You know, ornaments for raid armor to make them look really, really cool—black or smoke or glow—or you know, would be would be a great way uh, to capstone the fact that man that this person has raided a lot or this person has done a bunch of challenging you know stuff. Emblems are the best way to show someone went through. Um, hell because it's the most visible cosmetic I I don't know dude if uh, for armor I mean if you remember the wrath of the machine armor when they ornamented it it w- you, you would see somebody out in the wild and be like, oh wow, they're wearing the ornament you know, the ornamented armor um, I don't know when I look at age of triumph, I think that is the the, the, the pinnacle solution for that person went and did X and it's so abundantly clear. Um, whether you're in the tower or the public space, that is, that needs to return and I think that with transmog being entertained as an idea and, and weapon ornamentation being, you know, something they continue to lean on I would hope we would see more of that so, next question from Darksider with the dungeon being repeatable but having a heavily bloated loot pool, two armor sets, four energy weapons, two power weapons, could this have been an effort to artificially slow down the grind by having such a massive loot pool? Well, I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, if it, if they're gonna let us run something over and over and over again, there has to be more than just a couple of things in there, or it would have been, it would have been exactly what everybody fears: is, oh, I'm done, right? If it was, if it was two weapons and an armor set, it would, it would, you'd be done pretty quickly, I would think. Now, again, I don't think generosity is the enemy of engagement i think it's the promoter of engagement i think people go into content when they know they're going to get rewarded so but but i don't think i wouldn't even know if i would say that the loot pool is bloated it is it isn't that full um i don't know if it's artificially slowing us it down or making us think it's faster when in reality due to the potential percentage chances it's actually about the same on average well but if, if I, I don't think that the loot pool is any larger than if if they if they only let us run it once a week this loot pool would be about a normal size loot pool for a dungeon couple of guns and I think maybe the two armor sets is 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 uh maybe oversaturating it a little bit but I don't know if we were only able to run it once a week it would it would it, I think people would be we wouldn't have ever really batted an eye we'd been like yeah it's just another dungeon it's just like the other dungeons you run it once a week and you know there's drops at each each uh section. Um I don't know. What do you think,
1: Avenger? Uh well the one thing to note is that the Dido set only drops from the boss. So the Dido armor is the only the only way you can get that is from killing the final boss and it drops directly from him. Any of the other chests will not drop um that are like any other completions will not drop the Dido armor. It has to be from directly from that boss. That was added afterwards, like they said they added the Dido armor. It was originally gonna be an eververse and they threw it in there. Um, to, you know, make sure that they weren't having that in the Everest store. Uh, so I don't feel like the two... Because it, it technically, yeah, there is two sets in the loot pool, but you're only getting it from one drop that was added afterwards. And also, that drop is your pinnacle drop. Um, other than that, I feel yeah, like you said, it's just a... It's a normal loot pool, and I feel like it's pretty, uh, pretty basic there. I think maybe some more kinetic weapons could help... Uh, help out a little bit because it's really lacking on the kinetic weapons in that dungeon but other than that i mean it's the same issue that had garden of salvation has where it has 20 energy weapons a few kinetic weapons and no heavy weapons so um i feel like that the loopholes pools are okay i think maybe some more um what's the word, distribution between all the slots might be a little more needed but other than that i think it's a fine uh loophole
0: yeah, there's almost two discussions there, right? I mean, if you if you have better loot distribution, then people can level easier. I think that touches on the leveling discussion. People are like, well, I need a heavy or I need this, and because of the the way they've had the loot distributed in there, it might feel really lopsided. Um, but if you're trying to grind for good stats on your armor or you're trying to grind for you know particular roles on the weapons, I don't think this loot pool is disproportionately bloated or done in a way to to, to artificially and you know increase the grind. I they are letting us play it as, as many times as we want. I think that's great. And think about it like this. It's a guaranteed drop. I mean you're getting drops guaranteed at the end of every single encounter and when you go and like run a strike as much as you want, like a nightfall, you're not guaranteed to get anything at the end as far as if it's a nightfall specific reward or a you, know, you can grind for this better than you can grind for a nightfall specific or an exotic. You know, I, 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 I would say that this uh, this grind is in a is in a good place, and I don't think the loot pool is any you know is bigger than it should be or something. Uh, Ryro with the next question: If the moon or the Dreaming City weapons ever get reissued, should Bungie make them drop from Pit of Heresy and Shattered Throne and make them farmable like Prophecy? Well. I, this is like really, really specific. So it's, and it's basically just like a yes or no, like, yeah, sure. Or no, I don't think they should. In my mind, if you're going to bring back moon or dreaming, dreaming city weapons, you're going to reissue them, you know, number one in in my reissued videos talk, I basically said guns need to be, you know, enhanced or bettered or updated or something. If you're going to bring them back. The the, the the very act of reissuing a weapon, I think, necessitates updating it and doing something to it. Now, throwing it in Pitted Heresy or Shattered Throne and making them farmable, you're, this is a separate discussion now. Now you're talking about repurposing old content. So there's reissuing of weapons, and I believe that there should be standards in place with reissued weapons. They should be updated. They should be changed. They shouldn't just have the same perks they did whenever they were in the game, you know, however long ago. And this is a great way to, the second part of your question, repurpose a piece of content, bring back and make people care about Pit of Heresy or Shattered Throne or, you know, Menagerie and and the Forges and Sundial and all these content loops could be repurposed and have loot put in them that's reissued and updated right i don't i don't just want to run you know old content again for the fun of it and we talked about that in my video about the ruinous effigy quest you're not repurposing reckoning or gambit you're just reusing it and there's a huge difference between the two and you're asking if they could repurpose uh those those dungeons with reissued loot I would be okay with it, but all the standards I've outlined would need to be in place, or it would be it would be a waste of time. You know, what do you think, Avenger?
1: Uh, I think yeah, I think a lot of that stuff you said was probably you know hitting it on the spot. Um, the issue that I see with like reissuing weapons is that, um, especially with you know these these recent additions to the loot pool um, with the dungeon, uh, when they're bringing back you know like the Death Adder and they have all these perks on it some of these perks aren't really affecting the guns in any way, or if they're affecting them, it, it's not what you want on it, you know? Um, and I feel like the perk pools, that they're re- if they're going to reissue weapons, they need to make sure the perk pools are specifically tied to what would be best suited for that weapon. Um, obviously, you're going to have people saying, oh, well, I like Grave Robber better than Threat Detector and stuff like that. But at the same time, you need to make sure that these perks are going to be Put on these weapons, um, whereas you know instead of having just a useless perk on these weapons, mm. um, that because you're looking at a lot of these weapons and you know it's, it's people don't want certain perks and certain weapons when you're looking at them. I mean, people talk about you know you have dragonfly and death adder. You know it's a submachine gun. You know and you know it's hard to control recoil on that sometimes, and it, you could just be hitting body shots and you can magically get a headshot or you know it's something weird like having these perks that are specifically like you want dragonfly on a hand cannon. You don't want dragonfly on a submachine gun. You want something like dynamic sway reduction or moving target or something like that. Um and I feel like having the perk pools be more geared towards whatever type of weapon it is, whatever archetype weapon it is. I feel like that would help more with the reissuing weapons. Um and then having them talking about like adding or reissuing the content and finding some way to grind the content. Um, I feel like if they add these farmable, repeatable things that, uh, you know, it, it needs, there needs to be some reason to do it and, and it shouldn't just be, oh, well I can go back and get, uh, a waking vigil with dragonfly and could be reissued. Even though I had a waking vigil with dragonfly about a year and a half ago and now it's gone. Um, there needs to be some reason to go do that again.
0: Hmm. Right. Well, I'm curious what you think about this then. Cause like I've always said you, you kind of need basic or not great perks because if you if you whittle a perk pool down too much so that your good role and my good role aren't that distinguishable from each other and a good role versus a god role isn't that distinguishable either you kind of need a spectrum of perks i think in order in order for the the weapons to have that oh this is it's almost like you need a bad role, or, or the, the the good roles don't stand out and the, and the god roles certainly don't stand out it's almost like everything becomes grey and it's hard to know if this gun or that gun is, is better than the other I, I agree I do think perks need overhauled I think sometimes guns have perks in weird spots or you know perks that don't even make any sense so I think categorically perks could be more in line with as you said the archetype of the weapon but Do you think you need bad perks in order for the good perks to shine?
1: I think it could go both ways. Um, I feel like, you know, we talked about when Sun City was coming out, there was a lot of discussion about lateral upgrades. And I feel like that if you have a perk pool where for this archetype, at least that you have a large amount of lateral upgrades that you could choose between the perk pools, that way it's not like, well, you know this perks trash but this perks good so i don't need the gun and i just scrap it but if it's like oh well th- these two perks are pretty good you know this isn't my type of play style but maybe i might try it out sometime it gives more investment and it makes it feel like the guns are getting a more rewarding instead of going oh here's my legendary here's my 25th legendary of a um grenade launcher that has garbage perks let me just hold f on the button because i don't need it anymore or you could have it so well this is an interesting role i could go try it out and i feel like there are some guns that have that kind of um dynamic uh perk pools where you know you could look at and say well this isn't the way i'm playing right now but maybe i can work a build around it um and i feel like things like demolitionist i think really go well with that and uh firefly with firefly spec um like these they're dragonfly um i feel like these perks they need to be lateral upgrades and the lateral upgrades need to be dynamic to what the guns are but i can also see where having the bad perks could also make it so the roles are more distinguishable
0: okay yeah yeah in in a lot of these uh situations that we're in right now i mean we're we're hoping that there's a big difference coming in september both with stasis and with you know sunsetting we're supposed to be getting Better, better loot. We're supposed to be getting, you know, higher, higher echelon loot. So we'll we'll hope that that is uh, that is actually a thing. East Eastfoot, uh, with the next question. I'm sure Bungie knew the community would be disappointed to hear that the dungeon will go away in September release with Beyond Light. They did say it would be coming back. But my question is, why is it leaving in the first place? Would it have anything to do with the release of the new console? Could it be optimized on the verified by the new platforms? Curious about possible speculation. Um, you might, you probably weren't here when we talked about this. Um, this, they, they said that there's a background change that they made. Um, there's a tech, I forget the phrasing they used, like a technological change at the, in the background an under the hood change or something is why it has to be taken out. I basically used this as bolstering my argument that we are getting some type of an engine update to the game in September. They have either ported the game to a new engine or significantly updated the current engine, which is why they're getting rid of so many planets and they're getting rid of some of the biggest areas. Leviathan, probably the single largest area in the game because it has The raid itself is enormous. If you include the outer area, the underbelly, and all the encounters, I think it's larger than all of the planets. But then it has two layers, and then it has crown, and then it has the menagerie, uh, and then it has the tribute hall. So, like, it's literally the largest location in Destiny 2. Uh, It's got to be close to two to three planets in size, uh, cause some of the planets are kind of small, you know what I'm saying? You got like the, the mars and 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 mercury and uh, and even Titan. And so, yeah, and then the tribute hall has the bad juju mission. So all that's going away, okay? Now, if you were if you were porting the game to a new engine or rebuilding it in a new engine or making significant changes to the engine, it would be easier to pull that off if there was, you know, if half of the game was gone. You know, if if half of the game was gone, it'd be easier for them to do that. And the latest edition content that is staying can't stay. They have to rework it. So to me, that that like the prophecy dungeon to me is the last piece of content they added. Also, I'm trying to remember all my argumentation here we spent this entire year being told nothing was going to stay. Well, why do you think that is right? Because nothing that they were adding this year could be ported to the new engine. And the latest ad, the latest piece of content ad is, is the dungeon. And they're like, yep, it's going to stay, but we got to do, you know, some under the hood changes and it's going to be, you know, taken out of out for a season before it returns. Um, um, and it might be longer. I mean, it may have to take a season off before it returns, says Cosmo. We're working to bring it back as quickly as we can. So to me, it's like that, uh, I don't know. There, I think we're going to be in some form of a new engine in September Um, be- because of, and we were already theorizing about that. And then this dungeon situation, I think, added to the uh, credence to the argument. What do you think, Avenger?
1: I think definitely the new engine. I think it's definitely going to be needed because the more and more you see the issues that are arising within the season uh, or within the game you know you're having the long load times you're having um, connection issues and the issues with net code uh, we were in that uh, Leviathan raid where we couldn't even get person to six-man team for like 45 minutes um things like that where these issues arise and I think it's more of an engine problem not a um like there needs to be some change and i feel like the changes they're doing is the reason why that these activities are going to leave and you know having this the newest piece of content of course it's going to be leaving because they they need to change it but they see how much positive feedback that the dungeon is getting and they recognize that and then they decided that they're going to bring the dungeon back and that it's going to take some time but they're going to look to release that and i feel like that is something that they're looking at what we're saying and they're saying oh well you like this content Let's find a way to bring it back. And they're doing that.
0: Right. And I also think with removing so many raids, it would have been kind of weird to be like, here's a dungeon and then it's immediately gone. Like a dungeon doesn't feel like seasonal content like Sundial and stuff. So um, I think they knew, I I think they had plans to bring it back, um, but I just think it's the only piece of content in the seasonal format that is staying and it can't just seamlessly glide over into... Uh, into September so we'll have to wait and see what kind of announcements they have in store about that because I I think it'll be at minimum some significant upgrades to the engine, optimizations for the new consoles and all that but I think it could be even bigger than that and that would be the reason why you know you you take so many of the planets uh, and so many of the locations out to save on bandwidth and time with porting the whole game over Hitman with the next question. Lono, do you feel this dungeon could have been the first opportunity to showcase a brand new powerful weapon since sunsetting is now basically in effect? Also, please help me understand why Husco. What? Um, I don't understand the second part of the question. As far as, you know, was this an opportunity to showcase a brand new powerful weapon since sunsetting is not uh, is now basically in effect? I, I, I mean, I'm not really sure what you're driving at, homie. I mean, it, it, the, the swords are amazing. Um... Oh, he's asking why did they reissue Husco? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they reissued it. Rockets are in such a shambles, and and you know, I, I, it's such a shame that they, they stink as bad as they do. Um, it's so weird to have what was once the king of DPS not even register as like a a weapon to use for you know really anything. Um, so. You know, w- was this a f- the first opportunity for them to showcase a brand new powerful weapon? I don't know. I mean, it, it, they don't. I don't think they think in those terms. I'm not. I don't think they're like, oh, this is a missed opportunity to introduce a new powerful weapon. They introduce a brand new, you know, cool exotic trace rifle. I mean, it, the 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 ruinous effigy is is pretty dope. I mean, it, we've we've never had a gun uh like like that before. And so, I, I think they've already done that. Now, this isn't tied to the dungeon. This was just an exotic quest. So, I, I don't know if you have anything to add to this, Avenger.
1: Uh, just something to talk about with the uh, Husko, and kind of the, just all the reissued weapons that they're adding, because a lot of people look at the reissued weapons, um, especially um, with, I think it's the grenade launcher, the Beringer's memory that you get from the Exodus Ingrams. They're like, well, why? Why are we bringing back these weapons? Like, no one wants these. You're bringing them back with garbage loot pools, or garbage perk pools, and... Just stuff that people don't want um seeing this and uh, I've, i brought this up before i think where you talk about the gun uh vacancies that you're gonna have coming up with sunsetting. um you're gonna have there. people are gonna look to fill as many of those holes as they possibly can uh so that you know they have their void 600 rpm or you have your solar hand cannon or your kinetic sniper and you don't want to make sure that you have one of know making sure that you have at least something to fill all these slots in and i feel like they're trying to I, to me in my in by the way i'm looking at it is they're looking at what they're missing they looked at what they were going to add in beyond light and they said okay well this is what we have to implement going forward but we have a lot of holes coming down here so adding these weapons in could be like all right this is going to fill some of those holes that are going to be filled once sunsetting happens. So I feel like that's kind of what the reissuing weapons are doing. I think it could be done a little better again with the perk pools, but to me, that's what I see going on. I'm I'm not sure, but that's what I think.
0: Okay, yeah, I, a lot of people, um, a lot of people have thought that the the Iron Banner reissues and some other reissues that have happened that's exactly what they're you know people have said you know they're trying to fill those archetypal vacancies I think that's a pretty valid theory at this point I you know I don't know what's going on with rockets I you know my hope would be they would get a significant uh, update in September and be worth using again so sensory fern Uh, Should loot that drops in the endgame content, such as Prophecy, have to match or be related to the theme of the dungeon, including arbitrary reissues feels like an unnecessary blemish on an amazing dungeon? So you're saying, should the endgame content, such as Prophecy, uh, have to match or be related to the theme of the dungeon? Yeah, I, like I would definitely say, it's so weird to have such high praise of the dungeon. Love the mechanics, love the fights, love the just the look and feel. Yeah, the loot grind is perfect, but then the loot in there is kind of uh, it's kind of all over the place. And we touched on this earlier, where we said if you're if you're going to do something like the dungeon and make it free for all they should have been a lot there should have been a lot cooler stuff in there for paying customers yeah they even could have brought back all the trials of the nine weapons and really gave them some dope perks because i mean they brought back the armor so that that i think was a, a missed opportunity there and you know yeah not having it tied to the theme is just weird you're just getting random weapons um what feels like you know random weapons um and doge is saying if they mean to fill missing archetypes there's like four solar rapid fire snipers one sunsetting hits the distant tumulus omniscient eye Icoloss, and widow's bite okay yeah i mean i I, i've not looked at the sheet i i continue to think we're going to get so much loot in september a lot of this isn't even going to really matter um but as far as you know loot should match the theme of the dungeon um do you have anything to add to this uh this question avenger
1: I think it's kind of the same thing that I said beforehand, where I feel like, yeah, you know, they should be like, bringing back stuff like the prosecutor, like the cold sweat and these weapons that I, re- I remember using in year one, um, using in trials and remember, you know, them being very strong. Um, I feel like they should, they should have implemented them back. But I feel like in the same time, like I said beforehand, where they are trying, to, I-, I think at least some of the holes, I feel like they have some leniency with what they're going to be doing. Um, like Doge says with the, they're having four rapid fire snipers. I don't think snipers are kind of their issue that they're looking at. Um, but I feel like they still have to add them into the game. Um, but I feel like the reason why, you know, this supports my claim even more that instead of bringing back these weapons that are already having these archetypal, um, slots already filled, they are just saying, okay, well, we need to fill these holes in no matter if the are weapons or not. And they just threw in the weapons that they needed to add.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I th- I still feel like we're living in the uh, an in-between, right? We're, we're still... the Year three was a bridge to where they really want to go, and I think some of what we're experiencing with the reissues or the dungeon loot being kind of what, I think a lot of this is because we're on that bridge still. We haven't gotten to year four, and a lot of this is just... A tr- I attribute a lot of it to... Um, lower bandwidth and things like that I, I i don't i don't think that uh they're they were that thoughtful about all of this i think some of this was literally just uh, it, some of this was literally just like a we got to get by we got to get through this year so i don't i don't i don't want to over over analyze too much we you know i i, I can t- i tend to do that <laughs> and and we tend to do that sometimes as a community so uh Anenra, and I had to shorten this one anenra. I don't know if you're here or you listen you know to the later episode to the episodes once they're live this is they they had like a book, and uh they enumerated how they could see this playing out, so I didn't chop the question. I just chopped the uh sort of the the epilogue of oh, here's how it would work uh with the nine influencing their realm to show us uh premonition of what's to come from the darkness, the ruins. Uh, in the Heaven-Hell area. Do you think Bungie could use the realms of the Nine to allow us to gain older gear sets with higher light levels through our past experiences as seen by the Nine, and giving us dungeon encounter versions in vaulted areas give us, a, uh, as what I call, a dungeon layer. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to say this is probably a pretty good theory about maybe how they're going to bring back things like Vogue. Um... And I, I said, I said something similar to this at, at some point, where I said we could go back and maybe time travel with the stranger. I believe the stranger can time travel um, and visit our memories. Or as you're saying, it could be something with the with the nine, where we go back and we we revisit memories of our greatest triumphs. Because it could be something to the extent of what's in the past is is needed for the future um it could also be and this is where i think that they, they, they might have to maybe even use uh vex simulations they we could go into dark futures because uh, um the stranger makes it sound like she's seen a future or she's seen a timeline where everything goes wrong and she's trying to prevent that and maybe that's what we do maybe we go into other timelines go to the you know the darkest timeline and we and then and then that would be why the vault of glass was slightly different that would be why the weapons are slightly different because you we wouldn't be literally just like hey let's let's go back into vault of glass for just because i could see it being something along these lines what do you think avenger
1: um going across you know having you know bringing back the old gear i feel like gear compared to locations is a whole different um size wise so if you're going to remove the whole location you're going to be losing out on all the gear that would drop from that location um and having these ways to bring back the gear because gear isn't going to take a lot of gear reusing the areas so you're going to be reusing the heaven and hell kind of Nine area and some sort of aspect at least, um, and bringing back gear that was already implemented in the game. And if they're going to be keeping it from collections in the um for transmog, and again, that's we're still far away, but they're still, you know, if they're keeping it in collections of transmog, the gear is already going to be in the game. It's not going to take much bandwidth to go and bring back that old gear, but at the same time, do we want to folk do we want them to focus the bandwidth on? bringing back this old gear or do we want to have them focus the bandwidth on coming out with new and more unique gear and that's always the situation where a lot of people have you know different views on that yeah
0: yeah I i I could see them even having like almost like the game the company sort of split down the middle There's the there's the bandwidth being allocated to the new and the exciting and the fresh and then there's also the hey you guys are the the rotating door you know sprucing stuff up bringing it back because as you said it would take less bandwidth the the assets already exist the guns the items the 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 areas the 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 mechanics the bosses all that stuff's already been created so you could even have that be a small that be a smaller team you know so
1: bringing back say something like you know you could have an escalation boss be the final boss in the dungeon and you can start getting the escalation gear from that you already have the boss mechanic there you could have like the one where you can only shoot them from behind and you could have just like a ruined area of the bray tech area or something like that something along those lines could be able to use content that you already have in the game it could reduce bandwidth and i think it could be able to produce content a lot faster
0: Hmm. next question from nagi Do you think splitting the dungeon and the raid and releasing the dungeon in a season instead of in September release provides more content over the whole year or is perceived as more content? So splitting the dungeon and the raid, releasing the dungeon in this season instead of September. Yeah, I mean, I I don't... I was surprised we got a dungeon in a season. Um, If... If you guys would have asked me, maybe you did. I, I've made I've made predictions about this before. You know, will we get a raid? Will we get a dungeon? You think we'll get this or that and blah, blah, blah in the summer? And I was usually saying no. I was saying well, we might get like a hidden dungeon quest like Whisper or Outbreak. I did not anticipate a dungeon, especially one of this size. I, I would have shot the idea down. Um, If I didn't shoot the idea down, I would have. I'm pretty sure I did shoot this. I was like, there's no way. And when they announced it, I I was actually genuinely shocked. It didn't seem to line up with the usual content rhythm and content substance. Now, as far as like, do you think this provides more content over the whole year or is perceived as more content? I mean... I am in full support of the seasonal structure and spreading things out. I am 100% in support of that because I think that lines up with our player behavior and how we and how our engagement rhythms look anyway. Um, we, we play throughout the year. We play throughout the months and weeks and Providing us with content to feed that, I think, makes way more sense than than DLC waterfall. Like, here's everything, boom, and then it's all in the game. I think the the trickle and the time gate stuff is necessary, and uh, I'm I'm in full support of it. So, um, I'm not sure what if, if you have anything to add to this Avenger because it's basically asking was this more content? Does this provide more content? You know,
1: over the course of the year. Um, I mean. You know when you're talking about something like the whisper and the outbreak you know you see that there was there was a good amount of bandwidth from the team that went into doing this um having you know either the outbreak having you know the big area like it was already probably in the game from the starting mission but they expanded upon it and had it there um and the amount of bandwidth it took to make that Uh, and there was none this year. And obviously there wasn't, I don't think there was a lot of, uh, resources allocated to this year as much, because I think this year was more of like a housekeeping year where they were adding things, um, that in the future can expand the things that they want to make the game to be. Uh, but to not have the bandwidth that isn't going to say, you know, your secret dungeon mission. And having that applied to say a free dungeon, I feel like is kind of what they were going for. Um, I don't think that they're going to. I think they're gonna. There's gonna be a dungeon in Beyond Light on Europa or whatever. If they're gonna add multiple planets, whatever it's gonna be, I think there's gonna be another dungeon added. Um, and I think that you know having the content separated without seasons, I feel like it's just you know how much more time are we gonna put into this to make it as good as it can be?
0: Yeah 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 I, I i like i like spreading stuff out more than doing you know everything up the front so i there are people that'll disagree with me on that so i i like that we got a dungeon in the uh in the summer
1: oh i loved it uh,
0: baker's coco with the next question with them removing the dungeon in the fall do you think that they will or should bring the dungeon back with a new weapon pool new armor pool or possibly an exotic quest if they bring back the same old stuff who would want to play it well, you have to understand something. They're not bringing it back to do any to do an update. It's it's a background under the hood update. So the the actual impetus for bringing it back is not to like update it and add new stuff. So I I don't I don't think we need to spend any time on this question um, because this we've already we've actually kind of already dealt with this. This is a slight repeat. We've already dealt with why it's leaving and why it's coming back. So I don't I don't think we have anything to really add here. Um, it's a yes or no question. So I mean, should, should would it be? Would I be excited if they did? Sure, update it all. I, I don't think the weapon pool or the armor pool is that impressive. Um, will they? I, I don't think that they will. So, uh, Moave Monk, when they reintroduce this dungeon, should it uh, be? A place to grind old loot, or should it be only for new loot? Oh, so this is exactly the same question as Baker's Cocoa. So, guys, since we are not in a live environment, try to help me out with this. If you submit a question, um, I guess I don't expect you to read all of them. Um, I guess that's, you know, I'm assigning you homework, but maybe just at least try and read the question. Uh, right above to make sure you're not doing a repeat I think what happens is some of you guys start talking in the discord and you get on a certain subject and then you get inspired to go ask a question so it's not a big deal it's just this is exactly the same as the last I I don't think they're going to do any sort of uh, updates to the loot pool um, in the dungeon it doesn't seem like that's the reason it's leaving and coming back Uh, King Keys with the next question when they reintroduce this dungeon wait a minute Oh, I think I, I, I might have messed this up. I King Keys. I don't think he asked the, the that, that's. I, I think I messed up the copy pasta. Hang on, let me go in here. Um, Mave Monk said, "When the uh, when the dungeon is reintroduced after being vaulted, how could they approach it?" Uh, keep it the same. Change up the loot pool. Change up the enemy encounters. Okay, yeah. So Baker's Moave, and King Keys. You guys all basically ask the same question. So yeah, I, I don't think that they're. I don't think they're trying to uh, update it in any way. Uh, Baker's Coco. I have never really been on the train of the leveling is bad or difficult, and I am a hardcore casual. I play about three or four hours a day. But I'm really feeling the effect of loot propensity this season because 90% of my drops have been secondary weapons, and I've been stuck at 10.52 for two weeks now. What can Bungie do to help prevent RNG leveling? Could they re... uh, refractor-like option to pinnacles to help target specific... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, like targeting uh, specific drops. Yeah, I mean... In general, I rail against leveling because it it's I just think it's stupid. <laughs> I don't mind gear-based leveling, but our gear-based leveling I think is dumb because you're in comp- you're, you have zero control. You have no control whatsoever, and that's one of the reasons I don't like it. So for me, the the way to fix leveling and this this solves your problem, right? You're having a problem of loot propensity is that everything that drops should help you level, right? Hardcore hardcore grinders level up in the first week anyway, so you don't have to worry about them. No matter what you do, they're going to level up super, super fast. So, like, backfilling should just be happening constantly. I shouldn't have to find, like, a, a, a vendor who's a plus zero to backfill. You can use the powerfuls and the pinnacles for big jumps, and then backfilling should just happen on its own. And, and in your case, as you're saying in chat, I hate wasting hours of playing and keep getting secondary weapons. I do think milestones and you know powerful and pinnacle drops should have some semblance of smart RNG. I, I do. I think that. I, I the, it, it doesn't need to target my, the best drop, but it should certainly not target something that negates my actions. So if I'm running four gambit matches or five crucible matches or whatever to get a powerful drop, and it hits my highest slot, okay. You basically just wasted my time. It literally does nothing for me. The, it's the opposite. It's the antithesis of a powerful reward. Powerful powerful rewards should be structured in a way so they are at least a bump of some sort. They should not be targeting a, a, a spot that doesn't do anything for you. That's antithetical. It's contradictory, you know? It's, go run the, in any other game, if the game told you, go run this quest, um, to level up your character, <coughs> excuse me, to level up your character and you're like, okay, cool. And you go and do it. And they're like, eh, we're not going to give you any XP. And you're like, wait, why? And they're like, you know, it just, we rolled this dice in the background and yeah, you're not going to get any XP. And you're like, wait, I don't understand that mission took me two hours. You know, that mission took me an hour and a half. Like, five Crucible matches ain't short. You know, that's like, that's an hour or more of your time, depending on matchmaking in the games themselves. And so it's like, imagine playing another game that does that. You like, you grab the quest. And it's like, what's the reward for this quest? And they're like, oh, it's going to give you XP to level your character because that is tantamount to what a powerful drop is. And then the, Destiny just kind of shrugs at you. It's like, hey, sorry, <laughs> bad RNG. So you don't level. Um... I don't, what do you think about this Avenger? With with RNG leveling, you know, he, Bakers is saying, I, I've never really been on the leveling is bad train, and yet getting this bad experience on the pinnacle grind specifically is maybe changing his mind.
1: Um, well, I will say that uh, last week on at least two of my characters, uh, every single drop I got was an energy weapon minus two dungeons, which are guaranteed armor drops. Uh, so I kind of understand that situation that he's under, um, seeing that I think loot distribution would be a way to fix that because again you have the raid that has all these energy weapons and a few kinetic weapons one set of armor and then having the set uh, no heavy weapons you, you have no heavy weapons so there's no way you can do that and then you have to cross your fingers and hope when you're doing things that drop the heavy weapon that you get the heavy weapon um, I feel like the distribution of pinnacle gear is an issue, but at the same time, I think that, that even if it was distributed right, you would still need something like the smart RNG system where you're talking about, where it says, "Well, you're gonna get a plus two drop. It's not gonna matter if you get a plus two drop on say your helmet or your boots, but if you get it for your gun, your kinetic weapon, or your um, cloak, it, it will be fine." So they try and target those ones first. I think that could help out a little bit. I think both things need to be in effect because. If you add the smart RNG thing, it doesn't matter if um, you have, you know, if you need a heavy weapon because there won't be a heavy weapon to drop. So mm-hmm. it, it's doing the content is going to be even pointless in general if the loot pool doesn't have the thing that you need.
0: Yeah, that's that I didn't think about that. That's actually a really good point. Like smart RNG doesn't matter if loot if loot distribution's all whack. You know, if you if you have huge vagancies, like you can't get a heavy weapon. Now, obviously, you would avoid that. You know, that content until you got the heavy weapon. You'd obviously maybe go where you know there's certain propensities or certain loot distribution trends. But I think that's a really good point. That you know, we. I think we just need more intentionality in general over leveling. Like, I need to be able to go and say, I need a piece of armor, or I need a piece of boots. And this is where, you know, the 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 umbral engrams and focusing them, I I think is an indication that Bungie continues to move closer to us with respect to, all right, we hear you guys on leveling. We're going to keep softening and, and making it better. Um, I don't know. To me... I feel like they're moving toward us, not away from us. Leveling continues, uh, leveling continues to be smoothed over, uh, and they they they've, they started with, you know, obviously with surge bounties, but then when Shadowkeep landed, and now they just continue to give us more control over it. Colin, with the next question. How would you feel about going back to what was done in Destiny 1 when you could order weapons from Banshee on a weekly basis? I felt this was great content, something to look forward to each Wednesday as you could possibly get a god roll weapon. I did it all the time. I loved it. I thought it was something cool. It was definitely a different way to chase loot. Um, I don't know if I'd want to bring it back exactly how it was back then, and I have a few reasons why. I don't like the idea of shopping for a god roll. There's something backwards about that. In Destiny One, when they let us, you know, get, there there were random rolls in the in the tower, uh, you know, every every week that you could check. I I'm not a fan of that. That feels odd to be like, yeah, go to the tower and check for a god roll. And you're not chasing it. You're just waiting for it to show up. There's a huge difference, right? It's like, you're not chasing the god roll. You just, every week, you go to the gunsmith and you're like, okay, what's he got on the Suros Dis 47 You know, this week, or the... There were a couple other ones that people went for because they could get some kind of cool rolls on them. I would say you could bring back the spirit of that Arms, arms day and have it be something that you are doing and chasing and going and, and grinding and you could do it with like weapon boons or something as I've outlined before you buy the boon and then it has a chance of dropping you know from a particular activity and you could be doing research and helping Banshee you know study um, auto rifles or something and whenever you're done doing all those bounties and getting all those points he lets you buy a, you know an auto rifle boon and then for that next week there's a high chance of this, you know, these this auto rifle dropping when you're just like out in the world and doing stuff. So that brings back the excitement of of a world drop. That brings back the excitement of, oh, I can get something cool from Banshee without it being like just, you know, walk up walk up to an a vendor and try to buy a god roll. I I've, I've never been a big fan of that and I've continued to want to push against that and say, "Listen, we can respect the spirit and the essence of a vendor in a lot of other ways and I think, I think, you know, gunsmith would be one of the places they could do this, but not bring back the hey, show up every Wednesday and try and, and, and see if he has a god roll that you can buy. I know that you earned it, right? You would, like, earn it and and, and you know, through grinding and doing his stuff. Um, so, I, uh, yeah. I think, I think that I, I think that whenever whenever they're going to make uh, changes like this and bring things back from D1, um, I think they need to be careful to not be um, uh, for not... I, I think for, for for the sake of not being misplaced. That's the word I want to use. It would feel misplaced. It's like when people try to say, oh, bring back gun leveling. Bringing back just the pure shopping for a god roll in the tower would just feel misplaced that doesn't feel like it jives with where the game is right now what do you think avenger
1: i think your the boon system i think that you were talking about i think would be pretty interesting to have implemented um the way like something along the lines of the three of coins that you had in d1 where you could pop that before say you're going to go fight a boss and then you have a chance for you know exact drop you could do that same thing for say a weapon where, you know, you do your bounties for Banshee, um, you get your weeklies done for Banshee, and then um, Wednesday he is a consumable that you can buy. Um, and then you can use those throughout the week, um, whether you're doing, a sh- you can grind out strikes or you can grind out certain things and you have a chance for that weapon to drop or, um, and that's kind of a way for you to not only go and do other content, it's kind of like a passive thing in the back of your head, like, oh, I need to make sure because I'm trying to get this auto rifle Um, I need to make sure I pop my weapon boon or whatever we would call it, and that way it's always something you're doing. And that way you can go like, well, I'm going to do some strikes today. I might as well go pick up this this boon from Bounty or from Banshee and make sure I can go, you know, get the weapon that I want to go get, as well as doing strikes and just you know enjoying yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a, a variety of ways, you know, and as, as you even, you know, talked about some of them, a variety of ways to bring back the spirit and the essence of some of the things we did in D1 without just doing like a copy paste, you know. That lump with the next question do you believe that the quality of the loot in the dungeon is at the right tier for the activity? I don't know, I don't think so. Despite the great loot delivery system, the loot from the activity feels re- uh, redundant as they're too similar to weapons from previous seasons. Icolos is interchange with the close quarter uh, with close quarter shotgun etc, which has me putting off grinding the dungeon since completing it in the first week. Well, I, I like that the stats on the armor can be really high. I think that was at least a good change but no I agree with you I, I don't think that the I don't think that the loot is is good enough. I don't. It's very very it's super disjointed, I think to have a dungeon and be like oh dope and all that we we took armor out of the Eververse and put it in here because that's just the right thing to do. It's like okay, cool, this is aspirational content. Where's the aspirational loot right? but this is consistent with Destiny pre-Year 4. Year 4 is supposed to be a hinge that the game turns on. We should not be in this scenario ever again, and I hope this is the last time, because Year 4 is supposed to be when things turn, and that's when we're supposed to get into an environment where a dungeon doesn't look like this. We, we should not be ever saying ever again after September, yeah, man, that dungeon or that raid, yeah, the loot's just not any good. That should never have been a, a sentence that's uttered anyway, and it definitely can't be beyond, beyond now. So part of me kind of wishes they would have held on to this dungeon and only released it in year four so it could have gotten the proper loot treatment, and maybe in relation to, you know, two or three of you were asking, you know, what if the, will they update the loot when it comes back? I... I now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of hope they do. I think there's an impetus to do that because, you know, it was it was delivered in year three, when we were still in this weird limbo period of not having truly great loot in the end game. Um, I don't know. What what do you think, Avenger?
1: As someone who plays a lot of end game content, seeing the world, the least the guns, I was very kind of just this is it. Um, I feel like the bringing back the trials of the night armor, I think was a good introduction. You know, like you said, you know, you have the armor from, you know, eververse. Cause that's the right thing to do. That's a cool addition as well, but people aren't just going a hundred, like they want guns and for having end game content for having subpar to mediocre weapons with all right perk pool distributions. It's kind of like, well, why if I'm not getting an armor piece with a high stat roll, I shouldn't even do the dungeon because you, most nine times out of ten you're not going to go into the dungeon and get a weapon and be like, "Dang, I really needed that," because y- you really don't. And you're not you're not going in the dungeon for the weapons. Like you could you could go in there and say, "Like, well, you know, I have nothing else better to do. I might as well go grind for a god roll on this weapon or whatever." Um, so I feel like that definitely there needs to be aspirational content with aspirational loot. And I feel like they missed the mark with this, and I'm hoping that year four will bring back that I want to do aspirational content because there's aspirational loot not oh there's some interesting loot in this aspirational content
0: right and I think that's been that's I think that's been the, the driving message that I've tried to drive home is and this is why I was in such immediate support of Sunsetting it was like we don't get gear in the end game that is worth it it just We haven't for a long time. And, um... I I hope to see... I hope to see that change, you know? I hope to see the... Sun sun sunsetting is gonna be a bill of goods and a false promise if we don't see a significant difference in endgame loot. And maybe the dungeon can sort of serve that purpose and it can come back and they can be like, look, we've updated all the gear, it's better, it's quote-unquote adept, or there's new gear in there, or something, um... Cause that's the other thing we gotta consider here is it'll it'll almost feel like you're dragging, you know, year three's dirty laundry back into the game. Like, hey, we made all these great changes and and the new raid in on Europa's got amazing adept gear and you know and Trials is supposed to be getting adept gear in the winter and all of a sudden they're like, Oh hey, by the way, it's the winter season, we can bring back the dungeon now, and it'll be like, Okay, cool, did you do anything to it? Well, no. Well, and who the frick cares, right? Like if we're if we're grinding the new end game and the new for the new adept and the better stuff, and you come you you drag the you know the dungeon back into the game, it's gonna like I said, it's gonna feel like year three's dirty laundry getting drug you know, into the new house. And I I think there's a strong impetus for them to update the loot. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, hold my breath and hope that they do. But it'll it'll be like a. nobody cares, nobody cares that you're bringing that back, you know, we're we're in year four now, that loot's old and not very good Um, so yeah next uh, next question is from Wrath If a new raid in September was farmable, don't you worry that we would just go nuts farming it after a short amount of time and we would just have everything that we want. This is actually a common thing that comes up uh, anytime I've been in full promotion of like farming loot from a raid. And there's a couple things I need to say, you know, in response to what you're saying. First, this loot system in the dungeon doesn't allow you to get everything. That quickly because it's like a punch out system. It's gonna take a couple of weeks for the entire loot pool to even be farmable because it, it it only gives you what's dropped so far. So your first week, let's say you get, you know, hand cannon, rocket launcher, boots, helmet. Right? There's four encounters, those are your four drops. Well that's it. That's all you can get that week. You can grind it as many times as you want, and you can get the shotgun, rocket, helmets, boot. That's it. That's all you can get. Um, you also, if you're an end game grinder, probably have multiple characters. So that would, I think, maybe be the other concern: is it could could I run it on all three characters and get shotgun, rocket launcher on this guy, and then this guy gets you know auto rifle, hand cannon, and then this guy gets you know sniper pulse rifle. So then you've gotten access to more of the loot pool. I would say it needs to be account wide. You know, I, I'm fairly certain that's how the dungeon works now. It would need to be account wide so that you can't be running it on all three characters and getting you know too much loot too fast. I do think there's a danger of that, but I think that danger gets overstated a lot by by people when this subject comes up. So the first thing I would say to you is that is that the system doesn't really allow you to get everything uh, uh, in the first week. The second thing I would say is. If you're grinding for loot in a, in a raid, there's always a point where people stop playing. It's not a matter of like, oh, if they don't do this, people are going to play raids for forever. No, everybody gets to a point where they take a break and they stop raiding. The question is, what do you want the reason to be for them to stop raiding? Do you want it to be because they get annoyed and angry? Or do you want it to be because they felt like it was rewarding and they got what they wanted and it took them about a month to get everything? In, in my mind, there's always a point where people stop raiding. And I would rather have the reason be, yeah dude, we, we hit it hard for a whole month, man, we really grinded it out and I got some great, great loot. This is another reason why Hard Mode needs to return. You could spend that entire first month grinding, getting all the dope gear, getting leveled up and gearing up and preparing for Hard Mode. Hard Mode would land and then there'd be more reasons to grind. You know? Ornamental reasons to grind. Better versions of the weapon, stuff like that, I, I think would be, would be a great way to elongate relevancy and not have... And again generosity is not the enemy of engagement it's the promoter of it no one's going to get a couple of weapons and a couple of pieces of armor in the first couple of weeks of a raid and be like yep i'm done you know everybody quits raiding eventually i would rather have the reason be generosity and intentionality not exhaustion and frustration so you want to weigh in on this one avenger
1: oh yes um a big thing for me is because i have um a lot of friends who will be they don't they they still raid even though they have like 200 clears in the raid they they want to get their raid reports up they want to make sure you know they have as many clears they have they want to have that fancy little tracker next to their emblem you know showing off how many times they've done the raid um, and I feel like there are people like that there are people who are collectionists they hit their check boxes they get all the challenges done they get the seal they're done with the raid um, and then there are people who keep playing the raid over and over and over again trying to get the loot they want and they can't get it because of um you know you only have one character and you know you have one chance that week and those are a lot more of the casual people who want to try and get the loot and they're having issues getting the loot um having it farmable especially you know when when they're talking about how you know it'll be a short amount of time the first week isn't just not everyone's just gonna be able to pop into the raid and clear it 50 times to get all the loot I mean, it's still fresh content and most people are going to be still under level, but not everyone who is going to be clearing it that first week is, one, going to want to go through the struggle of being under Power Delta and having issues and killing ads and, you know, having everything having to be perfect. Um, So I feel like the first two weeks kind of fall under that, you know, your elite players are going to have issues doing it, but they're still going to be able to clear it in a decent amount of time. Um, I don't think farming would have that be an issue um and like you said having that knockout list where it's okay well i got the boots the gauntlets um this kinetic bow and this uh fusion rifle and those are the only drops that i can get um you know when i'm farming it again and i feel like that would um especially with three characters i think the armor sh- or the weapons should stay the same but i think maybe um I don't, I don't know about the armor uh i don't know how really they can effectively put that in there but i do think it should be put in there where it should be account wide so i'm not 100 percent sure on um how they could implement that but i feel like that from at least someone who has a lot of friends who farm the game a lot um even if they're going to do it they there needs to be some incentive of doing the raid again other than just trying to get your number up because you know once you get to the point where oh i don't need this anymore you know just gonna quit doing the raid and you're gonna have the people who are gonna farm it but you Mm -hmm. know there's no incentive of doing anything you know legendary shard farming could be good with these people um getting masterwork cores whatever whatever it would be to do the raids again there needs to be more than just okay i do it once a week and now the only thing i'm doing is trying to get a fancy stat number up
0: yeah yeah, and that's why I've always said a raid NPC would be great. You know, track how many you've done. You get emblems and cosmetics for a certain number of completions. So then it's more woven into the game instead of like you're saying, like a stat tracker or like going to a website and stuff. It's just, it's just not the same, I don't think, as having it in the game. So I, I, I completely agree. And I, I I've always thought a, a, an NPC with a seasonal rank would be such a great way uh, to do that. So. Techno, with the next question, do you think that the cosmetic reward structure from Prophecy should be implemented elsewhere in the game? The cosmetic reward structure? I'm not sure what you mean by this, Techno, um, because it, there there's not really. He's in chat, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm I'm lost on. Uh, I need some clarity from you here because there's they're not ornaments. There there's the the two there's like the two he might not even be listening i don't think he's listening
1: no he's not (laughs) i think it's the more of how he's talking about the um the cosmetics for you know the emblem the sparrow and the ghost shot i think that's what he's trying to hint at there
0: oh 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 oh. um and you get those you get those from um like solo flawless right so yeah okay alright so what do I think about that well somebody asked about that earlier and they pitted it against like an RNG drop so I'll answer your question a little bit differently I, I've i continued to think that doing things for solo, solo flawless and challenges is a great way to implement the cosmetics if it's literally just like a, oh the sparrow can drop oh the ship can drop and that's just kind of it I, that's cool because it's like the nano phoenix but um I also think having it be a testimony of, hey, this guy did this challenge. I would say challenges like Solo and Flawless, those should be armor ornamentation. I think that's more visible. That's more. That's something that you get to see. I think Sparrows and Ships uh, could just be like really low drop rates like the Nano Phoenix. I, I don't necessarily know if one is better than the other, but that in my mind, when I think about it, I would consider doing a Solo Flawless if I could get an entire, like, ornament set for my armor. Because then I get to strut around with that on. That, to me, is a more of a trophy than, like, an emblem. Uh, even a Ghost or a Sparrow I don't think is good enough. I think those are better suited as... Turn those into Sasquatch, create a nano Phoenix effect where, yeah, it's really rare. Holy moly, it's really hard to get because it just doesn't drop all that often. And then that pairs well with the farmability of the raid, right? Or the farmability of a dungeon. You just run it over and over and over again. If I'm going to take the time to do a significant challenge, either as a team in a raid, like a raid challenge, or like a solo flawless, I really feel like armor ornamentation is perfect for that. And I feel like raid challenges would be a great way to trickle this out because you could have, you know, four or five raid encounters well now you have four or five challenges that's one armor ornament per challenge so once you do them all you have a full set I, I don't know I think that to me is, is, is more of a way to strut around uh, do, what do you think Avenger is that where do you land on if I do solo flawless do you think like sparrows and, and ships are good enough or would you rather see it be armor ornamentation or gun ornamentation
1: I think either, you know, the armor ornamentation, or like you said before, and a gun ornamentation, um, the interesting thing to me is, uh, that they have these systems where you have the ornaments, and say you're looking at the Trials Armor, um, the Trials Armor, you put on a different emblem, changes the glow on it. So maybe you can have an emblem for doing solo flawless, or maybe, like, you do a flawless raid, right? And there's five encounters for the raid, every single time you do the challenge for a raid, you get the ornament for the armor. But if you do a flawless raid you get that emblem that emblem might make it have a different glow or maybe it changes so you could look at it say well he did all the challenges and he has the flawless and you know that he did all the challenges in the flawless because his armor is different color or maybe it changes the armor in some different way because we've already seen how they can do cosmetic wise with the trials armor how emblems are tied somehow to it they they hinted at it with auras and then they made it farther along with um the glows on it so i feel like if they implement that more into the system i think that could make it so it you doing the challenges you going out of your way and trying to do these things could make it so it's more rewarding yeah
0: yeah i like that too because like you could have the individual challenges and then have like the capstone challenge be flawless like you said you get the you get the emblem almost as a capstone to all the work that you've done you know, and if you don't want to do flawless, you still get all those rewards from all those challenges. You still get all that stuff. Um, so, I, uh, I, I, I love, I love the idea of uh, of doing something like that in raids, whether through an NPC with challenges or hard mode or something. I would, I would like to see that as well. Rain. Morning Lono, with the loopable grind in the dungeon, based on your drops from that week, some players, including myself, also miss the feeling of the chase. Like when you finally got Galley or Mythic Class to drop, even though it was RNG. Do you feel like that can come back to Destiny? Or is it just my nostalgia talking? Love the content, homie. I think we talked about this earlier in the Q&A, and we drew a distinction between an exotic that can be low drop rate with drop rate protection, and legendary weapons and armor that you're going for a particular role like I see them being in different categories one one being yeah I, I, I need to get, continue to get drops on this gun or this armor because I'm trying to get a particular uh, role and an exotic is you just get it and that's it and so no I I, I do think there's an element to the chase and the excitement of a drop like galley or class or 1k voices but You have to protect people from extreme circumstances. How many times it took people to get 1K or or anarchy has stretched into the absurd, right? There has to be protections in place for that. Because then, the specialness, it's it's no longer special when you're on run number 71 and you still don't have the exotic that's just kind of dumb. At that point, it doesn't even feel like a celebration. It feels like it's owed to you. It's not like a oh my gosh, I got it. This is so awesome. It's, oh man, finally. And you're It's, it's you don't even really, I don't even feel like you get to enjoy it. It's almost like a it, like I said, it's almost like it's owed to you. You never got Crux in Dark Below or Age of Triumph? Until Age of Triumph. Oh, really? There were a couple from Vault of Glass that I didn't get until Age of Triumph. I think it was a pulse rifle and a fusion rifle, I think, from Vogue that I never, ever got until Age of Triumph, and then I was grinding enough to to actually get them. Um, before we kind of end here and give and give Avenger time to time in, I, uh, chime in, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening as well. If you're listening in all the other places, you can go to sntrpresents.com. sntrpresents.com will bring you to the Patreon. You can sub... Uh, for the tier one sub and get in the discord and submit your questions and be part of these live conversations you can get vip access or co-host access like avenger did today uh thank everybody who's been supporting the cast so avenger i'll give you the last word here on you know having low drop rates on things like galley and Class being good or is that just nostalgia
1: i think it's both um, I think the nostalgia because I, how I consider it, is I consider D one and D two very different games, um, it, it, just because of how the game has evolved over time. Um, D two was v- in Vanilla was just very generous with exotics. You could do two heroic public events and oh look, there's an exotic drop. So um, I feel like the game has evolved during them, but I feel like that there should be exotics that you look at and you're like, dang, I really want that exotic, and you go out and you get the exotic engram on the ground, and you're like, yes, you know, I get it um and but at the same time i think Zer also kind of mitigates that because oh you just go to zur spend just what 72 legendary shards and get a faded ingram guess what you already have the exotic you don't have to go out and go for that chase um i think that guns like mythoclast and 1k i mean it took me 142 looted runs just to get 1k to drop for me um so i, I understand the pain of having a gun that is so RNG based that it just, you can't get it. And it, it's unfair. It honestly is. But at the same time, there needs to be something to chase. You know, may, maybe, you know, they have these protections where it, the loot protection increases every 5% every single clear. Um, I feel like that's a good start of things. Um, but I don't think that things like that should be implemented at least the season that the raid is in. Because there still needs to be some reason to go back and go grind that. Because if you have it, and you have, say, all three characters, I do three runs the first week, one on each of my characters. I'm already at, if it starts at a 10% chance, I'm already at a 25% chance the next time I do it next week. And I don't get it the next time, then I'm I'm at a 40% chance. So having it, I think, right when it drops, I think isn't, like having the loot protection right at the front end of it shouldn't be in the game. But I think having it like a season later, um, after it's kind of like it's still the main content, but it's not specifically the main content. You're going to be looking at more of the new content coming out with the season. Um, I feel like that would help with the chase. You know, you have the chase. You're going for it in the main season. That's why you're. You know, you did all the stuff. You did all the content loops. So oh, I need to make sure I go get. You know, this exotic weapon. Um, I feel like that could help out with that. Um, but at the same time, the nostalgia comes from how loot was done in d1 and I, I don't think that there's much you can do to bring back that kind of loot chase in D2 just by how the system works
0: yeah yeah I, I never considered that I, I I you know not doing drop protection until the next season or maybe after a month or something or I, I would even I would push back a little bit I don't know if I want to have to wait three months. Because, as you said, you knew you got into the hundreds. I got into almost the 50s for my anarchy. Others have gotten much higher. I don't know if I like the idea of going literally an entire season and not getting it, but I do agree with you. If it's too extreme, you know, you run it three times and you're getting a, a bump every time on the drop rate chance, it would need to be very, very moderate and grow, you know, over the course of the season. I would think if you're faithfully raiding that, you know, by the end of the season, the drop rate protection would be an investment that you've you know you've kind of amassed over the over the course of the season so that by the end of the season it's you know you're not guaranteed but it, it, it would be it would be close to it and the the main reason I I'm, I'm saying this is because I I agree, there needs to be something to chase, but I think there are, we're not in Destiny 1 anymore, I think there are better ways for them to elongate chase, whether with a hard mode, or challenges, or an NPC, some type of an investment, as opposed to going back to the D1, the the D1 playbook was, you elongate playtime and maintain relevancy by being ridiculously stingy and withholding, and I think we have so much so much more game now and so much more to do. They don't really need to pull from that playbook anymore. So, I I think I do I I do though agree with with some of what Avenger was saying. Like you can't um I don't think you can have it be so extreme that just in a couple of weeks, everybody has the exotic. You turn it into a, you know, a a door prize. As long as you're raiding, your drop rate chances just get so absurdly high. I think they're being more extreme with it now because they're doing it to raids that are really, really old. So you could definitely have this thing be something that gets bumped, you know, every month or something. So by the end of the season, it is is pretty extreme, but then that's kind of when the raid relevancy starts to go down. And then I would lean on challenges and an NPC, and, and other avenues for relevancy extension, so. Well, thank you everybody who was in the Discord today, thank you uh, Avenger for being a a Tier 3 Patreon, and for, for joining me on the Q&A, this was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun as well.
0: So, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, again, you can support the content directly by going to SNTRPresents.com become a patron. And uh, we're still tr- we're we're trying to figure out where I'm going to end up live streaming. Um, we're waiting to hear back from Twitch. I'm not doing lots of updates on it because there's like there's nothing to really say. So I submitted the opi- official appeal today. We'll wait and see if we can get a response. Uh, if we have to stream on YouTube, I think we could do really great things over there as well, and uh, we could do more shows like this we, we're already coming with other show ideas we could use patreon and the discord as ways to have you guys involved with these conversations in a more uh in a more intricate way not just chatting but also being on the call with me we're considering doing like a vip call-in uh question and answer as well so if you're a vip i might have some more things cooking up for you very very soon so again if you're listening to all the locations i appreciate you listening and watching all of my content please like share and subscribe